Hi there, this is Stuart, and you are listening to the Feed for the Motion E podcast. Uh, the Motion E podcast is back, and as is Formula E, and uh, that will be coming up. Just to let you know, this episode is the first in a few planned episodes, which are which I'm calling Off Track, where I talk to people who are motorsport and car fans about things that might be to do with cars, but might not be. Uh, but they're things that they're working on, they're things that they're interested in, and that hopefully will interest you as well. So this episode is an absolute treasure, and I loved doing it, and I always like talking to her. It's with cartoonist Hayley Mulch, who has drawn a lot of motor racing art, and also has an ongoing comic series. And uh, if you want to visit her store, her website is hayleymulch.com. This interview was recorded in 2021. What have you been? What have you been drawing recently? And what have you been? Uh, what have you been enjoying from other people as well? Hi, uh, I am not here with a fancy wine, but a, a lovely bottle of Carrick Glen still water Ooh, uh, <laughs> that I brought over from my workstation. Uh, but yeah, um, I suppose I would need to preface by saying um, recently. Not a whole bunch. I have been drawing um, because, let's face it, what a year since we last spoke. <laughs> um, no, that's not to say I haven't been drawing at all. I, I actually, absolutely that's, that's have. That's true because um, quite a lot mm. has happened since February 2020. I can't think what, but things have happened, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, quite a, a few, a few things, <laughs> you know, but um, uh, because of... Uh, aforementioned things um my output has taken odd turns in the past year where now i feel i'm in a kind of a not a slump but kind of taking another bit of a break Hmm. and i don't know has it coincided with the first year anniversary of animal crossing new horizons which admittedly is what made me not draw anything for like the first three months of quarantine so there was that i don't think you're however yeah (laughs) you know like uh, like i i think everyone was probably in the same boat um come to quarantine because the world pretty much did shut down and go to sleep there was kind of nothing to do i even uh closed my online shop for a couple of months because there was no post service you know internationally so everything i shut down so it was just animal crossing um until last summer where i did kind of um kick myself a little bit to just kind of try do bits pieces here and there and um around i i suppose the the first major thing i had completed since quarantine was um i'll mention it um the the book cover for the kick by dre harrison of motorsport 101 uh, i'd I'd love to give that a quick mention actually um but by Mm. the way um i'm I'm so glad that you're the person i'm doing an unplanned podcast with because um so many guests would kill me for 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 having no plan but uh, i i just i just know that you're going to have things to talk about (laughs) Uh, this is essentially i i know that you like me are an anime fan this is a Mm -hmm. bit like those episodes of a really serious intense action anime where they just go fishing for an episode it's that kind of thing it's great, isn't it? Mm. Like some filler episodes can be genuinely good. I, I, I'd probably, I would say they'd be good to watch kind of on their own. Maybe take a couple of filler episodes and just watch them together if you want something to wind down mm. and just take your mind away from the main story. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I like to say I'm good filler. <laughs> I think I'm good filler anyway. <laughs> you, you are better. You are better than good filler. You, um, hey. I, 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 I must say, uh, your last podcast was uh, pretty popular. I would say, and um, 
I would say that your art is pretty popular as well. So I, I was really glad that you wanted to come on and talk again. Um, but by the way, listeners, Thank we you. did we, we did talk uh, off mic last week and it was really entertaining and fun. And it was Haley's idea. She said this should have been a podcast. So we thought we'd do it again mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but uh, Dre Harrison's book, The Kick. So um, I should really get him on to talk about what it is. But uh, it's it's about the rivalries in MotoGP over the last decade or so, isn't it? yeah and um no i have such a backlog of books to read i'm so ashamed okay like i i haven't even finished all of the books that like i've gotten from like kickstarter and stuff over the past year Mm. but um this um having dipped into what i've read so far of the kick like it's it primarily kind of goes into the whole um Valentino Rossi, um, Mark Marquez. Oh, Jesus, what's the name? The other guy. Uh, uh, Lorenzo. Jorge Lorenzo. Lorenzo. Yes. Jorge Lorenzo. I, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, yeah, so like at, at like the, the turn of the, the the decade or in the past 10, five years or so, like it, it, they were kind of like the triple threat. And just kind of changed like what happened in MotoGP. So, um, you know, I, I again, I have to go in deeper now into the book. Um, mm. But um, like, what a like what a cool idea. No, I, I I'll be honest, I don't know anything about like MotoGP. I haven't actually really watched or um, like, yeah, watched it at all. But um, to have that as like a primer, and I'd probably say that would be like. I'm I'm hoping to get like uh an interest peaked in MotoGP once I, I finish mm. through that book. Um, you know, it's such a great like um project, you know, he did and it, it was just so cool too, you know, seeing so many people I knew taking on projects like this, like uh my my pal Josh Josh Wilcock, of course, with the autobiomelly and now he's doing the sequel. Yes, at the moment, um, you know. Y- yeah. Yes, uh, two two auto two biomelly. It's not called. Um, <laughs> is is it is it called the is it called the or two biomelly? This one. I think it is the R two biomelly. And um, I I know yeah. for a fa- I know for a fact because Josh never replies to my tweets that he will not come on this podcast. So we we may as well do our best to plug it ourselves. So um, yeah, is is this going in greater depth on Bruno Giacomelli's life? Having having actually spoken to the man now, he he. Oh my God, Josh actually did text me a while ago about what this is going to. Uh, detail i think it's a specific era or part of his career now i don't i i won't say just in case he obviously because i don't know if he's actually said it publicly like himself so i i won't say you know anything just just in case like well of course uh, yeah it seems to be but if, uh, if, part if, of his career. But if if it's a prequel about his domination of the nineteen seventy eight Formula Two season, I th- I think we're all here for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I I do I do have an idea for a cover for the book, but the thing is, it would work if he was making uh, the third book in the series. Sadly, I need to actually tell him what that idea is. I keep forgetting to tell him. Uh, I won't spoil it here, but um, yeah. you know, um, we we'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 hoping that the third book in the trilogy will be a book about the 1990 season at Life Racing Engines uh, called Life Isn't Everything. Oh my God, at Life, Life Isn't Everything. I've heard of the at Life. Um, I think very briefly, and I think they were supposed to be shocking or something. Would I oh, be they, correct? They, they were, they were. Um, so, um, <laughs> v- very briefly, um, they were um, th- they were a team set up by Ernesto Vito, who was um, an Italian um, uh, engineering magnate of some kind, who decided mm-hmm. to decided to buy up the chassis from First Racing, which was an aborted um, F1 team from 1989. Trouble is, that chassis uh, was declared, uh, or not declared, was... Um, 
was declared unsafe by various independent racing safety experts. This was before the days of the rigorous FIA crash test we have now. Um, mm. So uh, they had to do a lot of work on the chassis, which made it slower. And uh, they also decided to build their own W12 engine. So um, two, two, two V6s stuck together, basically. Trouble was, the engine never actually worked. And there were all kinds of rumours about that season. So... Um, um, con convicted child child molester Gary Brabham came in first of all, um, and uh, was um, oh my God. Um, l left the team after three races, um, and then was replaced by Giacomelli, uh, who, um, as far as I can tell from Josh's book, uh, came in entirely entirely through the love of the game. He wanted to, um, mm. he, he he wanted to understand how the W twelve worked and take part in a new project, regardless of how slow it was. And um, yes, it was incredibly slow. And um, w were he the kind of person to care about that kind of thing, it would be extremely damaging to Giacomelli's brand. However, mm -hmm. I, th I think given the kind of person he appears to have always been, it almost enhances his brand because it shows he's willing to go and help anyone as long as he gets some knowledge out of the experience. I think so. Like, it seems from whatever i've learned and came across of the man he he just yeah as you said like he has a very helpful nature and i i think possibly like a nature too of like wanting to perhaps see a team like he grow with a team or or just like being there at the start, perhaps of something really special, maybe you know, they, mm. there is something very genuine and, I mean, absolutely wholesome about the guy. You know, there's like you can even see it in his face. He just has like, you can just tell like if you uh, cross paths with that guy, like you know, he's it's gonna be a good day. I I think it's so interesting how motorsport is trying to imitate video games after years mm -hmm. of the opposite being true i i feel like i feel like now um everything from outrun to rocket league to forza is guiding how motorsport um presents itself to the public and uh, i'm i'm sure that uh, i'm i'm sure that a lot of these games have given you artistic ideas as well haven't they oh god yeah so many like it was all, it was only um geez just a, a few hours ago again I was listening to Moon Over the Castle from Gran Turismo. I mean like what a what a great song for a driving game series like um yeah we we've we've kind of went into this before but like uh video games just you know you can play something fun and exciting you know and you don't obviously have to like have a knowledge of driving cars no i know with the whole like sim driving craze in the past few years and i suppose even heighted more so last year with the whole like f1 sim grand prix and things like that mm. you know more and more people are getting into it but i i still just love having like give me an arcadey racer with bright colors and fun music like outrun my god outrun is such like a great game that I don't know why another hasn't been made. They they seem to have like they were like in two thousand one. We got the license for using Ferrari cars, and then mm. they've just made no other game. And you know, yeah, it's so, so sad. Here's the thing that I love about Outrun: when they made Outrun, and when they made Outrun Two and Turbo Outrun, um, at, at no point did they bother to go to Marinello to get the mm. license. I I kind of love the fact that Sega had the chutzpah to just make a game and then think, hmm, we haven't got a license for this, have we? Yeah, no, they didn't. And then they decided to just make, um, I think it was called Ferrari Challenge, mm -hmm. where. They they had Monza. I can't remember if they had Marinello, but like it was just solely like you were playing on I think they had a few select Italian tracks. All the cars were obviously Ferrari. Um I played like a really horribly controlling version, I think a few years ago on holiday in was, like some that, seaside arcade but was, was that Ferrari three five five challenge? That was it. Hmm. Yes, Ferrari three five five challenge. I knew there was a number, but I couldn't remember what number.
Right. It was. Um, if, um, if, yeah. if, if you watch gaming YouTube channels, um, there's a guy called Racevic who makes video essays about video games. And um, he's he's compiled a video essay of all of the Ferrari games and his view on them. And um, he describes how difficult it is to drive the 355 under um, on, on any device under any conditions. Like, I thought the machine I was playing that on was just borked because I found that undrivable as well. <laughs> but I'm I'm glad it just wasn't me. You know, that's actually made me feel a lot better. No, no, it's, but, it's um, not just you. Yeah. Um, but, um, so you, you said you were listening to the Gran Turismo soundtrack and I listen to a lot of video game soundtracks while I'm working because uh, to, to get into that kind of deep work state i need i need a real push and i find that uh, the kind of intense rhythm um of a video game soundtrack quite often mm. gets me there so can you maybe um for the people who are listening to this and maybe aren't that into finding soundtracks on spotify maybe recommend one or two soundtracks that you think are good to work to whatever you're doing mm. uh yeah um so uh I'll, I'll actually link this in a little bit because what I like to do for any characters and stories that I make, I like making my own playlists for them on Spotify. So like as if they have a soundtrack, say maybe if it's already a TV series or something, you know, I, I, I like to, to think of like what music would it have. So for example, my, my webcomic Paradiso, which is about racing, karting and Formula One. I have a YouTube playlist because none of the Gran Turismo songs are on Spotify, sadly. So I have them all on YouTube. And then I have a separate, quite longer playlist then on Spotify for it. And uh, some of the songs, um, it's not just all Gran Turismo, but I have a song from very old sega arcade game called power drift um that was I think, that's a very good game yes yeah i've not played it now myself like i've seen videos it looks like how they got that kind of foul 3d kind of pixel work in it uh for that time was very good but the the music is phenomenal and um honestly you i find you can't go wrong with any most songs from any of the Sonic the Hedgehog games, um, which you know is um, is a huge influence on a lot of uh, things I create. But say from Sega and Sonic All Stars Racing, that has a great soundtrack, and the recent Team Sonic Racing is brilliant. Uh, the music in that is ace. And uh, very recently too, I got two collectors edition vinyls of sonic adventure one and two soundtracks so mm. like there's a lot of pumping music like the band crush 40 you know they're they're rock you know so some great songs and that and um so, some kind of like electronic stuff and oh yes my god how how did i nearly forget this um i would highly recommend the first a uh, self-titled album, Cassiopeia. It's um, they were a seventies kind of what genre would you call it? Kind of funk, kind of not really city pop, but it's instrumental. But it has like people have said, like, why is this not in a Gran Turismo game? You know, I I'd highly suggest looking up that album. Um, just great music relaxing enjoyable funky rhythmic it's great so those are yeah. some of the stuff i like to listen to while working well and there there is a certain kind of um i i guess uh mid to late 2000s uh mid-tempo indie music um that that kind of that kind of bastille-esque cut type electronic guitar indie music which mm. I've which which I've actually uh, termed FIFA menu music because it it, 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 it it always it always seems to turn up on the menu of either FIFA or Pro Evo one or the other. Oh God, that's right. Um, no, not all of those kind of songs, but they, there have been the odd like, um, 
actually, no, you know what? I don't even think I've even heard. Uh, my family are a pro evil family. They they mm. stick with that because they they much prefer the gameplay. Yeah, but if, if, in, if I'm ever playing FIFA with mm. anyone, I always I always insist on pro evo controls. Yeah, exactly. But um, in the past few recent games, um, you have like. I don't know if they've done it now recently, but um, some of the kind of later games, I think, allowed you to actually put in your own MP3s and songs, which mm. my brothers had. So, like, you could have, like, your own customizable music in the menus. Like, I, I always love when, when games can do that, um, you know, not, not to go <laughs> off topic, but uh, I, I'm a huge fan of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, one of my favorite okay. manga of all time. And because... Uh, the author of that um, named a lot of his characters and stuff after like classic 70s and 80s rock and pop artists. Now, a lot of them had to be renamed in the West due to copyright uh, claims, but there's a fighting game for it on the PS3 and it allows you to put in your own MP3s and music to fight with. Uh, it's fantastic. Okay. So fun. Yeah. So, so um, I also wanted you to uh, talk a bit about the comics that you've already produced. I, I know that you've said you're on a break, but um, I'm I'm watching Friends at the moment, and I, I know <laughs> I, I know that being on a break means almost nothing. So we can we can still mm -hmm. talk about the things that you've already done. So, um, if people wish to download and read what you've already created, um. On, on which sites or stores are they and, and how do people find them? So the best place to find everything is if you go to HaleyMulch.com. That is pretty much just like a fancier link tree because you have the link to my Gumroad shop, which you can buy... Uh, PDFs of like old past comics I've made. Um, you can get um, my first self-published comic, which is called Das My Bay, about my old dog. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a free download. Actually, I made that free during the the first lockdown, just for something for people to enjoy. But you can buy a physical version then on the on my main. Haley Mulch Shop, which there is also a link to on my main website. Hmm. So you can get that. There is also a couple of art uh, books from Gumroad as well, PDF form, uh, a lot of sketch art books. I need to actually compile a third volume now of sketches I may not have like either shown or for the first time you can have in like a high quality pdf version and uh speaking of jojo as well i had done an art book of jojo's characters a couple of years ago so mm. all that's available there and also last year was the the year i published volume one chapter one of paradiso in a physical format which I was so happy. I was holding it like my baby child. It was like I made this this big A4 size comic full color about three years of work because I am so slow <laughs> creating <laughs> comics due to uh, a number of factors. A big one, of course, being my nerve damage on my drawing arm. But mm. um, I was very happy just to get that out because yeah, I, it's still going to be a webcomic I made to be read for free online at paradiso-comic.com. But um, there's still something about physical books that, like, I don't think you could get rid of. Like, and it can't really replicate uh, just, like, looking at it on your screen or whatever. I like yeah. having a, a feel of a book you and know. Uh, if, if i want to buy the book uh how much is it and does it ship to europe uh yes um so it ooh about the shipping to europe uh some places still have uh, a bit of a tough size restriction a big one being mm. france unfortunately they don't allow for um well i personally can't 
and ship A4 stuff to France at the moment because the envelopes that I would need to send it in is at the moment still bigger than their size limit currently so I can only ship smaller items to France um, through um, through PayPal only. It's still a bummer. Um, last time I checked the Unpost website um, that's still in place apparently. So I have all the countries that I can ship to at the moment listed on the front page of HaleyMulch.OnlineWeb.Shop. The comic itself is a tenor because it, it's big, it's full color uh, <laughs> and cover the printing costs and everything. And there's only four copies left. I actually did an original run of 30 copies oh. over the summer. I could not believe that like I, I sold as many as I did even up until Christmas and it just left me with four copies left and I'm very happy so thank you thank you all if you bought one thank you <laughs> yeah and um, while, while you're while you're not making uh, new issues at the moment uh, people can still support you through coffee if they want to drop you some money if they like what you're doing and they just want to support you with a one-off payment can't they absolutely that's a coffee the dash in between dot com forward slash Haley Mulch and uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah I I'm it's, trying uh, to keep that up to date as well. Yeah, coffee is in ko dot fi I think, isn't it? Yeah, ko dot fi kind of like yeah. coffee and then like yeah, kind yeah. Of, um but uh, yeah um so that's uh I'm kind of not doing the like the Patreon thing a while just because. As I've said earlier, I don't think I'd be kind of able to put out regular stuff at the moment. I'm just, I'm very erratic. And I suppose with my full-time job and being a year in lockdown and the nerve damage, like it's going to happen that I think I'm just going to kind of hit burnout phases for a little yeah. bit. Um, before I did, I can say I do have a few pages of chapter two of Paradiso complete. I want to try and make uh, a few more before I start uploading those so that I have a, a bit of a buffer so that I can create more pages while new pages are going up weekly. Yeah, of course. Um, so I, I'd love to get into the world building behind Paradiso and your other comics. So um, um, ev everyone starts off from, I, I, think I think when they're creating original characters, everyone starts off from a place where they're inspired by other things but then they kind of go away and sort of build the world in their head now are you the kind of person who gets a big piece of paper and almost like a sort of police interrogation board and writes down all the characters and how they're linked and draws lines or do you just build the world in your head until you're in a position to draw it uh, I am the latter, absolutely doing it in my head uh, much to probably my dismay but getting more into the habit of like um like there are times i would actually be trying to fall asleep but i come up with like an amazing scene or something for the character in my head then i'll try to like oh wake wake up get the phone out jot it down on a note you know so i have it in the morning in case i forget um so yeah i work that way um i i've just had so many scattered like uh Google Docs <laughs> for like um, so some of them now are kind of outdated like I do have to update so yeah I do have a lot of uh, scattered Google Docs uh, a lot of outdated information on them now that I do have to like update some character things and stuff but like I do have the basic like what I want to like achieve and show in the story kind of like always but I still kind of don't want to keep it rigid because like making a webcomic for me anyway it takes so long to produce pages so if if I have that bit of flexibility by the time I'm reaching perhaps a certain point in the story I can still kind of make edits and tweaks to it then by the time I get there because while I might have like a scene or a part just kind of basically outlined because I didn't kind of write it down in stone in like a, a full script um, 
this is how it should happen. When I actually get to it, then I can still kind of shape it, mold it to exactly what I want at that time. Because for me, a lot of like, I'm getting like new inspirations nearly every day, every week, you know, and just I'm trying to learn like new ways of how to compose on a page like a race scene you know so mm. I, I'll, I'll give you a bit of a um, small bit of a I, I guess a, a preview into like chapter two like we we go right into it with chapter two we are back at the Cork Carton Club where so, Tiffany um, is still, let's, let's yeah. just uh, let's just sort of take a helicopter view for those who've not heard the first podcast so uh, Tiffany is a young woman who is a racing driver and who may or may mm-hmm. not may or may not be cyborg but but that's kind of a spoiler <laughs> and, we, and we don't know that um that, that's right isn't it that's that is correct yes um so at the start of the story it is starting off with her being very young um we're seeing how she gets her start uh in karting of course and as the story goes on she will progress through karting and junior formula and eventually we'll touch formula one again i I don't want to obviously say too much but yeah it's gonna happen and um so the start her her karting endeavor started in chapter one which you can uh, still read online apologies for going too forward by the way i i i do uh forget that like some people might know and they'd have to like go back to the previous no, no, episode it's, it's um it's 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 my job to try and lead people in but um yeah mm. no, no and, and um actually um you mentioned that you're following you're following her pro- progression in a fairly linear style and that's interesting mm-hmm. because uh i was talking to some people about the michelle vaillon comics uh the mm. um, and um so um, they start off with him in Formula One. And uh, what's interesting is that um, they they then sort of branch out to various forms of motorsport over the past 50 or so years. So um, it seems like you're trying to tell much more of a um, linear narrative here. Would that be fair to say? Absolutely. Definitely more of like a, a coming of age thing as well. Um you know, as we see her journey from when she was a kid, uh, getting into the, the higher categories. Now, admittedly, there is another comic that has done the same thing, which I was only made aware of uh, midway when I was doing chapter one. Uh, some people will know it. It's a manga called Capetta. And I... I read the first few pages of it, but I I actually stopped myself from reading it. There's an anime of it too. Now, I would absolutely love to read it and watch it, but I'm holding myself off because I have a fear that, like, because this is a series much older than what I'm making, I don't want to end up... (sighs) This might sound mean, but it's for absolute respect. I don't want to end up getting inspiration from it so then people will say oh this is just a ripoff of capella you no, know I, what i, I mean I, I totally get you because yeah um, because i'm i'm writing a young adult novel about a young girl who discovers things about herself which may not be of this world and mm. um of course this this is something i'm writing not knowing that fate the wink saga would be on netflix at the same time that i was writing it um and um it it's a similar experience to the one that i had when i had the idea first about 15 years ago and doctor who was on for the first time it it feel it it feels like i'm doomed to always have something that someone makes that comes on at the same time and uh, forces me into a sort of a question over whether i should really watch this or not exactly you know and um i i'll even admit um you know with i not not really um god how how do i how do i say this i i suppose like when when i had god when i had the idea the initial idea for paradiso like years ago but before i even like properly got to work on it in 2017 i mean like 2013 2014 when i was just a silly woman 
and not knowing anything about the sport and just silly in general. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to make the first comic about our, like, you know, female protagonist in, in racing. And even at that point, hmm. I actually, my my silly self thought there was no women ra- uh, drivers at all in Formula One, but there was, there, there was plenty. Well, not plenty, but like there was a few. So, you know, I you have to kind of change your perspective then and realize, you know, oh, don't get too ahead of yourself now. You know, I, I do want this grounded in some sort of reality, but at the same time, um, you know, making it unique, putting my own spin on it. So like, like obviously what's happening in Paradiso is it's obviously like an alternate earth because, you know, Obviously, you won't have like Lewis Hamilton or Daniel Ricciardo or Valtteri Bottas. You know, they're not in Formula One in this. You know, I I had to create my own roster of drivers and well, teams. Well, that was going to be a question I had, you mm. see, because because of course in the Michel Vaillant books, uh, the real drivers are there, but but you're actually creating your own parallel universe where they're not there. Exactly. You know, um, copyright reasons. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> you kind of have to like um i uh, you know even apparently the term f1 like f1 is a uh, like trademarked but already i have f1 written somewhere in chapter one of this comic so it's like eh, you know just <laughs> skip it don't, don't worry don't look at it it's fine it's fine i'm totally not infringing but uh <laughs> but you know for that but at the same time that's a load of fun because um, my partner, he helps me come up with um, ideas for things like this. So me and him actually sat down for a few nights and um, not in a row, like once every few nights. And we went through like creating a full grid of other drivers, you know, and having different nationalities. And very recently, we actually created the team names now i'm gonna see if i do have some of the team uh, team names um lined up like we made it with the aim of having it uh you know like parallel to uh, our teams that we have in mm. in this world obviously um without being too on the nose um and do i have the notes here i don't think i have the notes here i would have to go back um I really would have to go back a couple of notes, but um, I suppose one driver I will be very excited um, to write when I get to that point in the comic. So the the world champion at that time is an American driver, and his name is Tony Spiders. And <laughs> I don't know why that name I don't know why that name came to me. I don't know why I like it so much, but think Tony Spiders. That that big blonde muscle guy in My Hero Academia, All Might, I think is his name. Right. Kind of like, he's a bit muscly. He's very like corporate, like, hello, I am sponsored by, you know, whatever sponsor it is. You know, he's just very clean squeaky personality so basically um, like, like every nascar meme ever then <laughs> exactly yes and so, I'd, li- I'd like to thank valvoline for this win it, yeah yeah um oh we do have um yes the tires that's it um and <laughs> i actually have drawn this on a piece of art um, which uh, I'll show to you after this, but uh, sure. there is a piece of art I have drawn with uh, a chibi version of Tiffany and another main character later on named Emilio. And the tire brand is Bristol Tires by Milton Keynes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know why that stuck, but just like, it's so much fun coming up with such like silly well not silly but like very unusual names for these kind of things it's like i can finally kind of let rip and make some kind of memorable stuff you know so 
that's a very that's been a very enjoyable part of uh, making Paradiso. And what I'll need to do next now is design some of those liveries and just do some car concept art. That'll of, be of cool. Of course, of course. And um, I I think uh, designing liveries for um for fictitious teams is much more fun than drawing real life liveries because uh, in 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 the Michel Vaillon books um, the um, the original artist went to great pains to actually go to the track and um, scribble in his sketchbook uh, the cars as they were parked as they as they went past and so on but um, you can just let your mind go wild with this uh, and yeah mm -hmm. it, it's um, actually I would think um, I, I would think from the point of view of racing action it's probably easier to draw uh, fictional teams but uh, so something I was wondering was uh, how, how do you get that feeling of speed onto the page so um, how 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 do you um, how do you draw a car and get the feeling of that amount of force going through the corners for example mm. so I mean, I'm I'm definitely still learning um, that because I think I think there will come a point in the comic where you will look back on the very first pages and older pages, and it's very possible they will look stiff. You know, even though I have them obviously with speed lines and wobble lines, and I'm even trying to be conscious of. Hello? 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 Hmm. A visual texture on ah, the page right. as Sorry. well. Um, we, we lost you again. So could, oh. could you could you just start that again from I'm, I'm also trying to be conscious of. I'm sorry. No worries at all. Um... So I'm trying to be conscious of um, the the sound effects I put into each page and panel. So I try with a few different brushes in Clip Studio to get like uh, a certain texture for the letters. So like at the moment now for the carts, I'm doing like a mixture of like V V V R R R for like a sound you know like to yeah. for like a kind of an engine and for maybe certain things or even like there was a page last chapter where tiffany kind of skids and i did like a, a kind of like a, ah. a a skidding kind of sound and i used a different brush and i'm paying attention to like the textures i'm using for the letters to kind of give a visual uh representation of the sound it's it's a very weird thing to think about and explain but because you can't hear comics unless it's an audio mm. comic but you really have to like use your best with onomatopoeia and um of kind course. of texture and, and and how Ooh. how much how much do you go back to, for example, the sixties Marvel comics to to find how they did this kind of thing? Funnily enough, enough, not at all. <laughs> I'll be <laughs> honest. Um, I'm not really a a Marvel person, but in fairness, that that could be a that could be something I probably should look into. I mean, I'm. I've learned a lot more about portraying um, kind of action and movement from reading uh, Franco-Belgian comics. Now, I, I haven't looked into Michel Vallion because I don't actually know if that got English translations. But... Only for a couple of books, but I, I, guess, uh, I guess Tintin's more available, really, isn't it? Tintin, yeah. Um, oh, I don't have any Tintins, uh, but so, uh, which, mostly which books Spiru. Have you mostly been into? Spiru, okay. Yes, Spiru. Oh. Um, there is a there is a, an artistic difference between Spiru and Tintin. Uh, something I learned a couple of years ago is that they're both drawn, well, they're obviously very different art styles, but 
Tintin is more is a style actually called uh, Ling Claire, which mm. I butchered that pronunciation, but it's basically clear lines. So clear, clear line, clear, I was going to say clear language, but yeah, clear lines. Okay. Yeah. Um, basically, like they, there is solid action, you know, and um, figures are drawn proportionate, you know, and well, but there's it's kind of flat. Whereas Spiru was developed, um, it's a style known, I think, as a Marcinelle school, mm. which a couple of other um, artists around that same area, Belgium, like the author of Lucky Luke and um, the Smurfs, they kind of developed the same style where it's very, there's a lot of lines, there's a lot of like action lines and very cartoony, but details like you know you you'll see him viscerally punching each other and driving and running away it, it it's more um visually hectic but mm. still understandable what's happening and the actions are so clear so i obviously i was very much more drawn to that style because it's it that action speaks to me kind of a lot louder and then i suppose Comparing, well, not comparing, but mixing that with what you would find in manga as well. It's been um, pretty much like I'm practicing all the time to um, really show the the action and the speed. And there was actually a page in chapter one of parody, so near the end, that I was very, very proud of where it, it was just a, a whole page panel where... I had Tiffany and her uh, her new rival, Connor. They were just toe-to-toe, but, like, I just drew a lot of lines, just so many, like, action lines and kind of splatter bursts, and the sound effects was just, like, rattling and, like, even kind of shaky and blurry-looking, and even Tiffany and Connor herself weren't drawn with straight lines. They were purposely drawn with like squiggly um lines all over the place to really emulate like that they were kind of unmatched both of them in their speed they were equal like they put the other kids to the dust so i'm still experimenting with things like that and i'm gonna see if i can obviously not use that composition too much but if i can incorporate it to other panels and scenes and even improve it that's my goal yeah um so one one thing i've noticed from watching um animes obviously during during this pandemic is that um uh the the best ones um so i'm thinking series like angel beats or toradora um yeah. for example seem to seem to offer some kind of bait and switch to the audience where uh, they they build a world where it's assumed there are these parameters and this person is bad and this happens because of this and then in the middle of the series usually around episode 13 out of 26 you find um, actually no that person isn't bad and this thing isn't happening that way and actually the entire universe operates in a different way to how you how it was explained previously so um, how have you experimented with that kind of twist um obviously you can't say what the twist is but mm-hmm. um uh, do, do you do you feel um I, I are you the kind of the kind of author I, who, who is comfortable with twists I, in that way I, i'd say so like i've definitely i definitely try to kind of think of different twists um for this comic anyway i definitely have uh popped in like a few different spanners uh in the works Hmm. so um obviously i i kind of can't say what they are but i i can kind of allude to them like there's a, a lot of kind of personal factors at play with tiffany's own development and her her progress through the space Sport. Mm-hmm. there will uh be amazing moments for her and there's going to be absolutely dreadful moments to her i'm not gonna sugarcoat that at all there will be absolutely dreadful moments for her but mm. there 
the I suppose you could say there's a kind of a, there there's a couple of themes. Uh, hope is a massive theme uh, going going in this um, in this comic. The fact that you can start again. There is a bit of an element too of never meet your heroes, and that ultimately you're in charge of yourself and your own life. Um, and I suppose a few of those uh, are kind of I've I've kind of already slightly shown some of those. I I suppose a little bit in chapter one where um, Tiffany's dad, uh, Rocco, you hmm. do see him have a, a bit of a flashback bit of a ptsd flashback sadly to um what actually was his uh, failed marriage um to the the person who who um gave birth to tiffany but mm-hmm. it was horrendous he is um he is a domestic abuse survivor you know oh. so he he has that um so, going so for him and so, so it's mm. not it's not afraid to handle the really serious themes then. Oh no, the, that's already happened in chapter one immediately. Um, mm. It's gonna get. I would say it, it is gonna go up to eleven. Obviously, I can't tell you what, <laughs> but like, um, I'm both excited and. Um, really wanting to use this as well to um i suppose to maybe not so much well yes a love pleasure but using this as a way to express what i would genuinely um love to see in form Formula One. Obviously, none of the terrible bits that will happen in the comic. I I don't want to see none of that happen in real life in Formula One. Yeah. But um, as to the resilience and like the the types of characters we'll see, like and women drivers, obviously that that I suppose that is the biggest one, and showing that no matter what they go through. And Tiffany, unfortunately, is going to face a fair bit of bullshit. Hmm. Uh, apologies, um, lack of a better word, but um, just to show and to just kind of stick it to, you know, God, um, regardless of your gender, if you're a good driver, you deserve to be in a seat in this series. So there's yeah. there's going to be a lot of that in it. All right. Well, um, I'm... I'm- really happy that you wanted to uh come back and talk about this and uh to uh t- talk about the process of making this kind of really complex artwork as well so uh Haley, thank you very much for spending the time really appreciate it i uh, thank you again i i really appreciate this as well and uh, another very enjoyable talk i really had a fun time so thank you Don't forget to go on down to motione.org, the website, and indeed tweet me at motione.org if you want to get in touch. Uh, On the website at the moment, there's a new article about the things to look forward to in the 2022 Formula E season. And there'll be articles going up there all the time on Formula E and electric vehicles and the chance to get closer to the action and also to get some more in-depth stuff through Motion E+. Details on that coming very soon. Thanks for listening to the Motion E podcast. I'm Stuart Garlic, and goodbye for now.